The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Pirate fans, welcome to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Brought to you by U.S. Cellular. Be sure to visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's Platinum Certified U.S. Cellular stores and experience the highest standard of customer service. Call in on the live line at 317-1250. Now, with a complete recap of the game and your phone calls, live from the Pirate Radio Studios, here's your host of the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter, Clip Brock. All right, Pirates 31, Charleston Southern 28. They just had a crowd shot as uh the clock hit zeros not a lot of smiles on the faces of the winning pirate fans tonight as east carolina survives a scare against charleston southern pirates played one good quarter of football that was the second quarter outside of that this was a bit of a slog ugly game a win's a win the pirates are two and two heading into october we'll take that but a lot of ugly from tonight. We'll talk about it in the fifth quarter. Billy Weaver was there for most of the game. He is in studio with us now. We've uh, we'll talk about it. What's your quick thoughts on it? Well, yeah, it shouldn't have been as close. You know, I, I said this in the uh, the pregame show that they should have won this game. You know, by twenty points. Three one seven twelve fifty. We're taking your calls. We're back on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250. Lines locked and loaded right now. Uh, Mike Houston just spoke to the ESPN Plus crew. I walked in at the end of it, Weave, but he didn't seem very happy. No, not happy at all. And he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. It was a sloppy. He said, and this is his words, sloppy game. It was. It was a sloppy game by East Carolina. They squeaked out a victory. And he said exactly, you know, what the sentiment is. In the, in the very end of this thing, hey, we're not going to give back a win. We want yeah. the win, but they, there's a lot of stuff to be cleaned up. No doubt about it. Uh, just dumb penalties, yeah. interceptions, and they just couldn't put them away. Uh, a win, and they're 2-2. Two and two. We'll absolutely take that, but like you said, a lot to clean up. Uh, 317-1250, Gene, somebody named Rowdy. Chris, hang on. Let's go to Cameron in Greenville to get things kicked off. Hey, Cameron. Hey, Clip, a win's a win, but that was just hard to watch. I mean, what – what Johnny Kirkpatrick gets up there like a suck-up, you know what, last week after the win for Marshall. It, and then he goes and reverts back to what he did before the fourth quarter of the Marshall game and, and play conservative. I'm telling you right now, we will not be successful as a run-first team. We do not have the offensive line. We're not Georgia. We can't do that. Last week in the fourth quarter, when we got down and we started passing the ball, run second, you know, and we upped the tempo, that's where we had success. And we start the game like, I don't know what what's going through Donnie Kirkpatrick's mind. I'm going to call him out. Donnie Kirkpatrick, what is going through your mind? I do not understand. You are coaching like you're trying not to lose. We need to try to win. We get down 14, okay? We get down 14. We start playing offensively, you know, like we need to play. Pass the ball, run second, play up tempo. Then we, you know, defense locks down, we get the lead, and the next thing you know, Donnie Kirkpatrick, he's playing not to lose, not to win. He's playing not to lose, if you know what I mean. I mean, it's so conservative, three and outs. We may be the one of the worst third-down conversion teams in the country. Holton, Holton, I love Holton. Holton, what kind of decisions are you making? He makes some of the worst decisions ever trying to force these balls. He, he's trying to force these balls harder than a Jedi Knight, Luke Skywalker, using the force. I mean, 
it's just hard to watch, guys. Tulane will destroy us next week. We got the win, but Tulane will murder us if we play like we did today. Donnie Kirkpatrick, I am calling you out right now. If you want to meet me in the backyard by the flagpole, I'm calling you out. Play call aggressive. Be aggressive. What are y'all going to do with the flagpole? (laughs) Go Pirates. All right. But come on, Donnie. Come on, Donnie. Come on. Thanks, Cameron. East Carolina on the UB stat sheet, 2 of 12 on third down. Yeah, it's not going to get it done. That's one factual thing he said. We are one of the worst teams in the country on third downs. Yeah, and you know what? As far as the play calling goes, and and when he said, when Cameron said, you know, that we want to be a run first team, um, and it, and and he said, Cameron said, we're not a run first team. Now, I I tend to agree with that. Where I disagree is that that there is not Donnie's call. That's the head coach's call. Whether you want to be a run first team, so. That's just my opinion. 317-1250. Chris is up in Pamlico County. Hey, Chris. Hey, I agree with the previous caller, and all I'm going to say is I make $100,000 a year. If the university pays me 100000 next year, I'll bring them to a bowl game. If not, I'll give them 100000 But if we win a bowl game, they could pay me the salary to pay in Houston because he's garbage. And I, I agree with the previous caller. Go Pirates, but something's got to change. This shit's bullshit. Oh, well, easy. Can't do that. Three hey, one. hey, can't do that. All right, man. look, I'm going to tell you right now. Let me get it. I'm just going to jump in. Don't curse on the air. Do not curse on the air. That drives me nuts. 317-1250. Well, this is a good guy to go to. His name's Rowdy. I'm sure he'll be calm. Yeah. Rowdy in Winterville's up next. Hello, Rowdy. Hi, Cliff and Billy. First time caller to the show. Uh, Not how I thought your voice would sound. <laughs> uh, I, I can change my voice if you want to. No, we, we were well because we were expecting a rowdy, like rowdy, rowdy, rowdy piper. Yeah, yeah. Ah, you're gonna get it, a wrestler. So yeah, <laughs> we, we didn't expect that. I got you. Well, um, a win is a win. Uh, I will go on and say that. Uh, Biden Medical Center might see an influx in pirate fans with heart attacks tonight. Uh, but I uh, got punched in the mouth first quarter, responded well second quarter, and offense just didn't show up second half. Uh, that's got to get cleaned up, or, yeah, we are going to get killed in American conference play. Um, but, yeah, th- that's got to get cleaned up. Uh, or <laughs> We're in for a rough season. But uh, go Rowdy Bush, go Pirates. Ah, oh, that's where the rowdy came from. There you go, Rowdy Bush. Well, I hope he gets a he's, win. He's a Kyle Bush. Yeah, he's Kyle Bush fan. There you go. Three one seven twelve fifty. Gene is up in Atlantic, North Carolina. Hello, Gene. Hey, how y'all doing? Right. Doing good, Gene. Good, good. Look, I'm, a win's a win. I'm glad we got two in a row. It's been a long time. I mean, I you know keep winning. But I'll say this: uh, we started out slow. I don't know if we, we came out flat, and then in the middle we turned it on. And then something happened, and somebody turned it off. I mean, I'm I've been a Pirate fan for a long time. You know, uh, it kind of reminded me back. This is going to take you way back to Art Baker in the late '80s with the up the middle, up the middle, up the middle punt. I mean, I don't know what happened there, but we got to keep our foot on the throttle, and we got to keep scoring. We got to put people away. And I mean, the losses we've had over the past few seasons, we should when we get a game like this, we should want to put the foot on the throttle and keep going. I just want to get your all's thoughts on that, on what happened that took the wind out of ourselves. And I'll hang up and listen. All right. Thank you, Gene. Um, well, all week, you know, Jeff Charles on the pregame, Brian Bailey, who are closer to the team than I and to most, said, 
Mike Houston said they had a good week of practice. They were focused. They had come off the big win last week. 24-hour rule showed up. Billy ready to go for the next one. It, it didn't appear that way when you're no. down 14 to nothing immediately. They take that shot, and then they have one of the best quarters of football after the worst quarters of football we've ever seen with 24 points. But after that, like the like Gene said, I mean, I, just a uninspired kind of ho-hum football. And it, uh, it, it was ugly for every quarter of that game really except the second quarter absolutely and could have been a 17 nothing lead for charleston southern you remember they they drove down the field and they missed a field goal uh that would have made it 17 nothing it just seemed to me and I, I would have loved to have known um what kind of offense the defense faced in practice this past week because it seemed like charleston southern's up-tempo offense which i've been saying all year or last what first three games of the season i've been saying that i want to see east carolina run a little bit more up-tempo is east carolina not did they not run an up-tempo offense in practice against the defense because the defense to me in the first quarter looked like they were back on their heels so yeah it, it uh, just it just looked like they were taken by surprise. They they weren't getting in substitutions. And Clip, uh, Clip, you and I talked about this before the game about the substitutions, hoping to get guys in. The defensive line has been able to substitute a lot of guys in. They weren't getting substitutions on those first uh, first few drives of the first quarter. Uh, East Carolina was outgained tonight, five hundred thirty six to three eighty eight by Charleston Southern. Wow. Five hundred thirty six yeah. yards That's of ridiculous. offense. That is, yeah, by the Bucks. All right, uh, ECU had some big plays. That's why they didn't, you know. Surely we can get a break in. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. At Jackson Johnson and Monica are on the way. We will take your calls until the last caller served on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show three one seven twelve fifty. We're back with more after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, let's uh, take a look at some of the games uh, that are going on right now. Kansas State is trailing Oklahoma State 31-20 in the fourth quarter. It is Houston 28, Navy 20 in the fourth. Michigan State and Nebraska are tied at 13 in the fourth quarter. Florida cruising over Tennessee 31-14. Ohio State has a 45-7 lead over Akron in the third quarter. Georgia Tech is leading North Carolina 20-7 in the third quarter. At the half, it is UAB 21, Tulane 14. Alabama beating up on Southern Miss 49-7 is that score. And West Virginia has a 13-10 lead over Oklahoma in the third quarter. And that is a look at your Buck scoreboard brought to you by the Buccaneer Music Hall. It is your be- uh, beacon of music in the land of the Pirates in eastern North Carolina. The Buccaneer Music Hall is open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night. And now during football season, they have food trucks during the day. Follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram for an updated schedule. And we'll see you at the Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All right, we called it Weird Score Saturday. Saturday during the pregame show as a lot of upsets, a lot of odd scores. It's continued. We're score Saturday. We're score Saturday into the evening as Oklahoma has put up a whopping 10 points and they're in the third quarter against West Virginia trailing 
13 to 10. You've got North Carolina with just seven points late in the third quarter against Georgia Tech. The Yellow Jackets up 20 to seven. So really, everybody but Alabama uh, has yeah. a weird score. They were up like 35, 35 nothing. nothing at halftime. I think. Yeah, on Southern Miss. So yeah. everybody having issues on this Saturday, other than uh, the tide, it appears. All right, uh, 317-1250, AT, Jackson, Johnson, hanging on the Fixed NC Live line. We'll start with Monica in Greenville. Hey, Monica. Hey, guys. Hope you're doing well tonight after that win. The only word I can say is yikes. Um, That might be the toughest win I've ever had to swallow ever in ECU history. A couple of um, yikes that stands out in statistics, you know, we were only two for 12 in third down efficiency, um, third down conversions, and that's horrible against an FCS team. Uh, You take a look at total yards, I mean, 389 for ECU versus 545 for an FCS team that actually got routed by Monmouth 41-14 last week. That's, That's just horrible. We can't have that. But then even worse is penalties, you know, nine penalties for 115 yards. I just want to understand, you know, where's the composure? You think coming off of a big win like we had last week, we should have come on the field with more swagger, and that comes from the top down. All we heard this week was how we couldn't take any opponent for granted, and that's what we looked like we did all day long. The only thing I think that saved us in this game, if you look at what happened, is the fact that they had zero punt returns all night long, so they were pinned back. For God's sake, if they'd played on a shorter field, we would have lost this game, but thank goodness they weren't even able to return a punt. Um, I'm hoping to see a lot more inspired playing next week. Where the heck was Calhoun tonight? I mean, we saw him last week in Omatosho, and I was looking forward to just that forward momentum and coming into this game and seeing more of them and more swagger and nowhere to be found tonight. It just makes me wonder what's, what's happening. Um, anyway, that's my two cents worth tonight. Just an extremely tough one to swallow and incredibly boring and um, just a, a, a terrible game. But uh, we'll take the win. But uh, go Pirates next week. It's going to be tough, especially considering the targeting call and you got a key player out first half. Yeah, Surrett Ward out uh, in the first half against the Tulane Green Wave. Thank you, Monica, for tuning in and for the call. 317-1250, Johnson is up next in Raleigh. Hey, Johnson. Hey, guys. How's it going? All right. Hey, just want to let you know, can't complain about a pirate win, but we can't complain about our quarterback and a little bit of our defense tonight, can't lie. I mean, come on, guys. Like I said the past couple weeks, Holt Naylor's is not the answer. I'm just telling you, he'll win us some games. He'll get us there. Him and Donnie have got to figure something out. I mean, it's like we threw in the towel at the end of the game thinking we were going to win, and we almost lose to Charleston Southern. Like the lady said before, I think it was Monica, she was preaching out there. I mean, come on. They just blew out Mammoth the other weekend, and then we almost lose to them. What is this? Holden comes out with two interceptions. Everyone's praising him for being the hometown kid, being the hometown hero last weekend. But what does he do this weekend? He comes back and acts normal. We got to figure this out. We got to be consistent. I don't know what else we got to do. I'd love to hear y'all's input. Yeah, I don't have much input on what to do moving forward. Holden Naylor's uh, inconsistent this year. Bad performance against South Carolina. 
huge fourth quarter uh, and and stats against Marshall on the road in the win, and then like you said, did not look good tonight. Uh, it's uh, they we did see Mason Garcia. We talked about that during the break. Weave they brought him in for a play. He ran in a touchdown. We've yet to see him throw a pass this year. Uh, but these coaches are going to stick with Aylers. They say it every week. We ask them. They say it. Uh, he gives them the best chance to win, according to the coaches. So, moving forward, he's going to be the guy. This is what it's going to be. Until yeah. they until they see something otherwise in practice or on the game film, that's what they're going to do. I know it's frustrating to you all, but that's what they're saying, and that's what they're doing. Well, what's more frustrating than anything is that he hasn't had the opportunity to show the coaches that he can do it because we thought this game was going to be that game. Speaking we of all, Mason Garcia. Yes, on Mason yeah. Garcia. We thought that Mason, we thought this game was going to go this way. Okay, uh, you know, get a, get a big lead in the fourth quarter, take Holton out, get Mason Garcia in there, get him some quality reps and see what he's got. Unfortunately, it didn't unfold that way. When it was 31-14, you're thinking, okay, we're on that track. Of course, you got off to the slow start. You're thinking, okay, now it's 31-14. Let's keep this thing going. Put the foot on the throat, and then let's see what Mason Garcia has. Unfortunately, it didn't unfold that way. So now the only thing that we even saw was one play from Mason Garcia. Nice because it was a touchdown, but yeah. it was out of a wildcat situation. So we didn't get to really see anything from him, and that's that's the disappointing part of this game. All right, 317-1250. Uh, if you want to jump in, we'll have an open line. Thanks for the call, Johnson. By the way, shout out to Tiebreakers for the awesome post-game food. I already yeah. crushed my uh, cheesesteak in a wrap. Weave still has I, half yeah, of this. Well, it's because I got here and I was into the end of the game and I got half of it and I got some fried pickles there, man. So I'm going to hit Shirley got the group fried pickles again. Yes. Thank you for that, Shirley. So good. Awesome. Uh, check it out tomorrow for NFL Sunday. All the TVs will be going, and uh, you can check out some great football action at Tiebreakers. All right, 317-1250. Let's go to Jackson in Greenville. Hello, Jackson. Hey, Cliff Howard. All right. Hey, look, man. (laughs) I mean, I can't really help but laugh about it at this point, right? I was chuckling during this game tonight, too, because I didn't know what else to do. I'm with you. I think that... uh, Do we, do we lose Jackson? Jackson? Really? Uh, all right. Jackson, thanks. Uh, he, he was about to make a great point. Yeah, I you think can tell. that. Uh, and we lost him. 317-1250. Let's go to AT. Alan Thomas. What's up, Alan? Hey, guys. Billy, how you doing, Clip? What's up, AT, buddy? how you doing, buddy? Buck, buckle up for a long night. It's going to be therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> Pirate Nation. But, hey, that's okay. That's, that's what the fifth quarter is all about. And why we love it so much. And, and look, I mean, I'll let everybody else get into all the, you know, all the complexities of, of what we saw tonight and, and, you know, the bipolar type, you know, a result that we saw compared to what we were hoping to see us string together two or three quarters of good ball. But I, on a positive note, I do want to recognize Charleston Southern, um, who got, who got thoroughly whooped last week, who responded, uh, could have, could have come in here and mailed it in and left every single ounce of what they have on the field. And you may ask, why do we care? Why we care is because a couple of those kids are from right in our backyard and, and some of their younger brothers are ECU commits. And so let's just seriously give them a little bit of respect. But, and I'm sure um, we'll hear in the post game press conference, um, interesting comments. I'm sure they'll, you know, we don't try to position them like they're, you know, defending national champions and all that good stuff because let's face it, it's a different level of ball. Um, a team like that normally, if they have some wrinkles, can play you pretty straight up sometimes early in the game. 
but you should wear them out up front after a while. By the third or fourth quarter, it, you should pretty much be able to dictate what you want. And um, the real the interesting number that I heard, I'm not sure if it's mentioned tonight or not, but, you know, it, it comes down to this. I mean, people, you know, try to give certain players a, a difficult time, and, and, you know, it's warranted to have that discussion. But um, there was only one point in this game where we, we really opened up our offense the entire game. First quarter, we're down 14-0, 13 minutes left in the second quarter. And all of a sudden, we start rolling out uh, Jones at tight end, Calhoun at tight end, putting them out, you know, blocking the, the, the defensive backs, you know, turning our, turning our receivers loose. And we scored 24 offensive points in the second quarter. And other than that, we scored no offensive points in this game. Let that sink in a bit. So we've got some work to do here, guys. Uh, I think some of it, quite frankly, is structural. Some of it is how we try to attack the game. I think our strategy often is, you know, manage the game, manage the clock, and regardless of the opponent. And guys, you got to play to the talent you have. And I like to say sometimes you just got to let the big dog eat. We've got kids that are um, have talents that match the spread. When we turn them loose and we open the playbook, you know, some good things happen. And it's frustrating. It's, it's, a, it's a, as someone mentioned earlier, probably the toughest I felt after a win. But I'll take it, and we'll move on to next week. And I hope we have all of the chapters of our playbook ready for next week because we're going to need it against a tough Tulane team. And appreciate you guys and have a great night. But just, just wanted to throw that out there. And I was hoping to get to see some second-teamers and third-teamers play tonight too. But, um, you know, our, our approach didn't dictate that. And we'll take the win and, and hope we learn from it and move on. So have a great night. Thanks. Guys. All right, A.T. All right, thanks, A.T. There's Alan Thomas. A.T. said something that, that really kind of resonated with me earlier in that call right there, and he said uh, he, he used the, the term bipolar. That, that's kind of fitting. Um, I hadn't thought of it that, that way, but that seems like this team. You just never know what you're going to get from uh, night to game to game, and, and it's, it's been crazy. And he also said something about Charleston Southern. Kudos to them. Their quarterback played incredibly great. I mean, he he played wonderful. He is tonight. fun. He I, was fun I mean, to watch, and he was a baller. I, I like him a lot. Well, he was that one play where he was completely sacked. Yeah. I, in the stands, people were clapping. Okay, we got. Whoa, yeah. whoa, wait, yo, where'd he go? And a lot of times you see the officials blow it dead. And they, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of. I hate it went against us, but I'm glad they let the play because continue. They, they. Yeah. Had they blown that play dead, that would have been an injustice to that young man I because agree. he never stopped. He never stopped moving. He was uh, never down or in the grasp at any point um and then what was it two plays a couple plays later he scores on a, a quarterback keeper uh to make it an interesting ball game so the, the the kid for uh for charleston southern was absolutely a gamer chandler did you have something oh no i we haven't had a call about it yet but i'm seeing a lot of comments and i saw a lot of comments during the game that the uh uh, the concession stands were still a problem. Yeah, yeah. I was going to yeah. mention that too. That's uh, I, who knows? Maybe JJ McGlam will do some more radio. The audio next was better week. though. The audio was the better. Audio. Concessions were eat, well, still the, bad. Well, one of the one of the audio there was an audio problem though. It was on the on the sidelines when Bailey was doing his interviews. He did one with uh, Jake Verity, and you couldn't hear Verity. And then one of the contests you couldn't hear. So they're having Mike. And then there. every time the ref had a penalty to call, he would say, false art number 32. A couple times he, he, he was late turning on his mic. Too, yeah, so. I had some issues. I mean, those little things. Yeah. All right, 317-1250. Jackson. Didn't we just talk to Jackson? No, we talked to Alan. Oh, he called back in. Hey, Jackson. Yeah, we lost him. Hey, guys. What's up? Glad to have you back, Jackson. Glad to talk to you, Flip. All right, what do you got? 
man, I'll be honest with you. It was a really and truly a horrible performance by by our team, man. It it was was bad. Do you not agree? Yeah, have you listened to the show? No, I just actually tuned in. Yeah, we, uh, well, okay, for those just tuning in, this, we have called this one ugly. Nobody is celebrating this win, uh, Jackson. Right. So, where does that put us with Tulane? Well, that's a different game, different week. I mean, if if we played every game like we did the fourth quarter last week, we'd win every game. If we play, Or if we play every game like we did the, uh, what, second quarter of this game yeah it's a different week i mean look tulane is a much much better team than charleston southern we better hope our guys are are better prepared and and up for the challenge but i I don't think i don't i'm not basing next week's game on this one at all i think i'll talk a lot about if and i think that if ifs and buts were candy and nuts you know we'd all be having a party Mm -hmm. right so long story short Football is about winning and losing. Well, we won. You're, you're exactly right. We did win. But it was horrible. <laughs> I thought we were going to blow them out. <laughs> I did, too. <laughs> I think everybody thought that. I mean, when you're a 25-point favorite, you should. I listen to you all week long. Like I depend on you, Flip. What are you saying? Did I do something wrong? Hell no. But, I mean, I, I I depend on what you say during the week. I mean, hell, I'm at work. What the hell am I, else am I supposed to do? <laughs> Don't do your job. Listen to us. Hey, by the way, I had ECU by 24, so technically I had Charleston Southern covering tonight. So, you're welcome, folks. Right, right. <laughs> Jackson, we're all – we're none of us are happy, man. But Yo, the sun's going to come out tomorrow. We got to win. We're 2-2. Two and two. You're exactly right. And I'm just calling to give you a hard time, man. Hey, look. All right, we got enough calls to get to other than you giving us a hard time. But thank you for checking us out tonight, Jackson. I, I really and truly told Laura, my, well, my girlfriend, I was like, Laura. To clip. What? Aren't you at the Bud Light pregame? Jackson, we got to run, man. Uh, yeah, thank you, though. I appreciate you. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. 317-1250, let's take a break. Matt, David, Captain Bill. Captain Bill. You said who now? Captain Bill is on hold. Oh, my goodness. You know, Lincoln Riley was getting booed in his stadium earlier tonight. He might be calling about ECU and firing Lincoln Riley. On behalf of Oklahoma. Yeah. All right, 317-1250. More to go on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. We're back after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250. Pirates win, 31-28. Pirates win. Paint this one purple. If you didn't see the game, don't go back and rewatch it. Just know that they won. That's all you need to know. It was not pretty tonight at all. All right, 317-1250. The Fixed NC Live line is rocking and rolling. We're taking your calls. Kenny. Captain Bill, David, hang on. Let's go to Matt in Greenville. Hey, Matt. 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 Matt's gone. 317-1250. David is in Farmville. Hey, David. Hey, good evening, guys. Hello. Uh, first, first thing I want to say is we do not need three beer gardens in the upper deck. 
Um, they closed for concessions to add three beer gardens. Um, they only had two concessions open. Uh, we don't need three. Gilbert, get it fixed. Last week they didn't have enough people to work. This week they had plenty of people to work. They just put them all in two booths, and the lines were long. So uh, get get it fixed. Um, I don't want to hear any excuses about this, that, or anything else. We don't need three beer gardens in the upper deck. Um, on the game, I, I, I'm glad they won. Um, a couple things I saw tonight that really concerned me. Uh, the first is character. Um, we're playing a team we should be. We're supposed to be. We, we should dominate. And, and we got kids running around. Um, it, it, character was a big issue tonight. I really did not like that. Um, make a play, make a tackle, get off the field. Um, uh, I, I didn't appreciate it. The other thing, I don't want to hear Donnie Kirkpatrick comment one more time about his play calling. Um, last week he said that we didn't run a speed-up offense. The only reason it looked like it was fast was because we were effective. Well, guess what? We weren't effective. Um, whatever he's doing, it doesn't work. Two plays up the middle, then trying to scramble and throw the ball on third down isn't working. You know, there's nothing wrong with beating a team 70-7. to um, You know, this plan to just not lose, I really didn't appreciate it. Um, they talked all week about getting in some running backs, letting other kids play. I mean, there's rumors swirling that one of the kids is already considering transferring. Um, I tell you what, if the, none of the other backup quarterbacks can get in other than on a running play where he might get hurt, they're going to be transferring. Uh, just, just play some people. Uh, no more excuses. Play to win. You know, don't milk the clock. Just play to win. Um, you know, I, I'm glad we won. Um, Three weeks from now, it'll just be a win in the win column. But th- this was a huge step back when we needed to be moving forward. Um, T- Tulane will not be a pushover next week. Um, so anyway, I'm going to hang up and listen. I, I always enjoy it, and uh, you guys have a good evening. All right, thank you, David. Uh, David, very frustrating there. I was thinking about this too. We I, I haven't been to a game this year. We host the pregame until basically kickoff, and then we go on the air right after the game. So. I watch it on television, but people who have attended Dowdy Ficklin Stadium this year have not had a good experience with what's happened really on the field, and it sounds like concessions and all that too. So I'm hoping that the Pirates uh, have done enough with the 2-2 two and two record to get people to show up to the conference opener next week in a big game against Tulane, but again, these people are paying a lot of money and yeah, spending a lot yeah. of time to go to these games, and it it just you go to for entertainment, right? Absolutely. And it has not Absolutely. been very entertaining this far. Well, you know what? That's part of the fan experience, too. And so when people call in and they, they complain about those things, those are things you got to take seriously. Obviously, winning and losing is the number one goal. Obviously, they won tonight. Uh, still some upset fans, and should be, because it should have been a it should have been a bigger victory for East Carolina. But like I said, that's all part of the fan experience. And like you said, people pay a lot of money for that. So I agree. When I get to the game, I sit in my seat and I'm watching the entire game. And I'm, I I don't go to the concessions. I go to the bathroom before the game starts so that I can watch every play because I'm in work mode. Um, so I don't really get to see the concessions and how it is. So, But from what people have said, it's, it's not good. Uh, David says less beer gardens in the upper deck. Leonard says I want more beer gardens in the upper deck, especially after a game like this. Bring on the bird. Good point. All right, three one seven twelve fifty. Captain Bill is up in Greenville. Hello, Captain Bill. Dude, what the heck was that? You tell us. 
That's what we want to know. That was a joke. Let me tell you something. We just played a high school football team. Friday Night Lights, high school football team, and almost got beat. But I'm going to pass that. Donnie needs to go draw a Social Security check and get the hell out of Greenville because he's washed up. Hope Nailers is not the answer. I wouldn't trust him with my two dogs. I had them fighting over my uh, my little football out here trying to intercept it. Let's move on from that. Let's talk about discipline. That football team has no discipline at all. But I was embarrassed to be a pirate before they went off the air. We had a pirate on the sideline that swung a punch at a Charleston player. That's uncharacteristic. That's a, that's a serious problem with discipline. That starts with Mike Houston. He might want to put his sign up for sale because he got about one more year, and his ass is out of here because he ain't getting it done. I don't know what uh, clip what your over and under is. I see three or four ball games. What do you think? And I'm gonna hang up. All right, Captain Bill. Over under wins this over, year. Over under wins three or four ball games. Uh, I think well, I we think got four. two. Yeah, fours. Pirates will have a shot. A, Really good shot to beat Navy, yeah. to beat Temple, to beat South Florida. So over under five. Uh, Tulane is going to be that's going to be maybe tough. a slight favorite against the Pirates. That's a winnable game. I mean, if you give me four, I'll say I'll I'll go over and say they get to five. That's what I said before the year, five and seven. See, I would I would set the over under at five. At five, because I think that's tougher to hit. Yeah, well, I'm broke, so I'm not betting on it. <laughs> Captain Bill's kind of like the Grim Reaper. When he comes for you, you better watch out. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. You know, I, I did notice, too, and there was a uh, – I, I do kind of agree with the, the discipline on the team that it wasn't there tonight. I don't think they're an undisciplined team, East Carolina, but I think they got rattled tonight a lot, and they got into a lot of scuffs that they shouldn't have, shouldn't have gotten into. And I can remember – one play, I can't remember which quarter it was, but uh, Charleston Southern was going towards the Murphy Center. Way off the ball, one of the receivers and DBs got into it, and it looked to me like one of our DBs threw a punch, and there was no flag on that because I remember turning to my daughter and saying, oh, man, we're going to get a flag here, and nothing was thrown. So I didn't like the chippiness from from the teams tonight. You got the Saber, and, and he recovers the onside, and, and then somebody's goes chirping at him. And, well, Saber and, had gotten into the on the sidelines with yeah. the Charleston and Southern players earlier in the game when Tyler Sneed got thrown out of bounds and we thought that was going to be a flag and he got tossed out of bounds. Um, so Saba had already got a hot head earlier on in the game with that. And if somebody's screwing with you, talking to you, pushing you, yeah, you're going to do I something back. Yeah. But but you're, the rules say you can't or you get a penalty. You've You've got to be smarter than that. Yeah, you got to be smarter. you got to be above it. Yep. 317-1250. Kenny is up in Blunt's Creek. Hey, Kenny. Hey, guys. Uh, Cliff, uh, Billy, Man, I, what a great for pirate football. What a great tailgating experience today. Beautiful weather. Pirate radio throw it on a, put out a great tailgate experience. Uh, we had fun. Look, game not what we thought. Eh, you know what? You take it sometimes. We won. Guys, we're two and two. This season is right there for us now. Yeah, and to that point, you know what? These kinds of victories are where the coaches are going to coach as hard as they can, and they're going to get into the shorts of these guys. They really are because after a win, you can get on guys a little bit harder because you've got that victory. So hopefully that's going to be the case. Yeah, we won the game. We're going. we got Tulane home, home opener next week conference. 
we win that game, everybody's back on the bandwagon. Woo, woo, woo. Look, we won the game. It was ugly, yes. Were we excited about the game? No. But we won, guys. It's a W. You take them as you can get them. Well, East Carolina, you go for it all the time. Well, you take every dang win you can get. And I'm trying not to cuss because Shirley said not to cuss. <laughs> That's right. Shirley will get you. We won the game, guys. We won. We're two and two. Let's go. Go pops, man. Whining. Jesus. <laughs> Right. And I'm usually the one whining, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> I could put together like a Kenny talking to Kenny call. Go that would back be, to some old yeah, calls. That would be hilarious. No, nah, hey, look. We're two and two. We're going, baby. A lot of people would have taken two and two in September before the thing started, but it's kind of how you got that second win that people were upset about because it looked so ugly for most of the night. Hey, but you know what? Like Skip Holtz used to say, it's an ugly baby, but it's our baby. Yeah, that's right. And we're gonna hey, we're cradling it tonight, saying thank you, thank you. We we're we're living for another day, guys. What's our goal? Our I mean, you know, of course we want to win championships. This year, we just want to make a bowl game. If we make a bowl game, man, Pirate Nation is going crazy. So, hey, we're on that step. Show up for Tulane. The crowd can help out. Let's do another uh, Pirate Radio tailgate because we ain't never lost a tailgate yet. So, uh, go Pirates, and I'll leave it at that tonight. Positivity, man. Positivity. All right. There's Positive Kenny. Thanks, Kenny. Uh, Billy, I just want to say this wasn't an ugly baby. This was a hideous baby. Well, no, well, you know what? This was an ugly baby that threw up on you and has been crying all night and all that stuff. But you still love him, you know. But hey, yeah, <laughs> spit up on you a little bit. Three one seven twelve fifty. Zach, Johnny D, R B J. Hang on, we'll get to your calls when we return on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. We got a lot more to go and a lot more calls to take after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, with about a minute and a half left to go in this game, actually more than about a minute now, Oklahoma State clinging to a 31-20 lead over 25th ranked Kansas State. Michigan State and Nebraska just went into overtime. They are tied at 20 apiece. Ohio State cruising over 50, uh, excuse me, Akron 52 to 7. The interesting story with this game is is one of their starting linebackers appears to have quit mid-game through his helmet and his uh stuff, his uniform, uh, not his uniform, but his uh gloves into the stands and walked off the field. So we will keep a tab on that story. Elsewhere, North Carolina still trailing Georgia Tech 35-22 with 11 minutes to go in the game. Alabama 56, Southern Miss 14, and Oklahoma and West Virginia are tied at 13 apiece with about seven and a half minutes left to go in that game. And that is a look at your Buck scoreboard brought to you by the Buccaneer Music Hall as your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates in eastern North Carolina. They're open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night and food trucks during the day during football season. Uh, follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram for the latest schedule. We'll see you at the Buck. Now let's head back into the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show 
Here's your host, Cliff Rock. All right. Thank you, Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, intern Jalen, uh, getting his first taste of the fifth quarter. Uh, we'll be producing the program next week unless we scare him off tonight. We'll see if he's <laughs> still here next week. All right. Uh, Billy Weaver, Cliff Rock here with you, taking your calls. We got Billy, Zach, and Johnny D hanging on. We will go out to the Fixed NC Live line and talk to RBJ in Charlotte. Hello. Gentlemen, good evening. And Billy, so glad to have you a part of this team on the fifth quarter call. And, you know, Billy's about the only guy that I can think of that would cause me to drive five hours to eastern North Carolina to purchase a plum crazy Dodge <laughs> With a powerful V8, 375 horsepower vehicle, attractive low mileage, and has the fuel safety MDS technology that helps improve fuel efficiency. But let me get to what I'm really talking about. That's awesome. That's awesome. Just wanted to just wanted to get your guys' uh, insight on what you really felt about as far as clock management, especially from Holton. Noticed a couple times during, especially their fourth quarter, where Holton's calling snap off with 15 seconds left on the play clock. Just felt as though that maybe clock management wasn't really there, but uh, maybe that was part of the strategy. What's your thoughts? Uh, it's the only thing I can think of when you say that is people who are saying that they are playing too conservative, too conservative. and now exactly. you want them to play more conservative. Well, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking, and that seems like they're yeah. I mean, it seems like a little bit too conservative to me. I, I like, you know, I'm just one of those guys, you know, I've talked about this time and time again this year. I like up-tempo. I like when East Carolina plays up-tempo, and I'm not one that likes to take your foot off the gas. But, you know, and, and that's what, you know, a lot of people have said, that they thought they're being very conservative. They were up 31-14, and, and I think maybe the mentality is, hey, all right, we got off to the slow start. We've scored 31 unanswered points. We got this game in the bag, and that was not the case. Got it. All right. Well, cool. Well, hey, listen, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate you taking my call. Guys, have a great evening. Go Pirates. All right. Thank you, RBJ in Charlotte, 317-1250. Chandler, can you get us to line two? Uh, We're down a producer. We're down a producer. Producer down. Chandler, uh, line two is Johnny D and Chakawinity. Hello, Johnny. Eh, Maybe not. We'll wait for Shirley. Uh, Mike says, please stop taking calls and only talk about this linebacker in the Ohio State game quitting mid-game. Yeah, I, I that's saw very a, uh, interesting. I guess he was the guy that was tweeting F Ohio State um, during the game and everybody was getting on him. That actually happened. So that's, crazy. that's not a great situation no. uh, right now in Columbus. All right, 317-1250. Is Johnny gone? We're going to line four, Zach and Raleigh. Hey, Zach. Hey, guys. Uh, I know how you're doing. Not going to ask. Uh, anyways, um, I got two positives. Defense showed up whenever it needed to. Jaquan, that's six in a row, I guess. Uh, he was setting a record or tied for a record. That's fantastic job by Jaquan. Uh, but all the people calling, saying that, uh, that Holton was a savior and the golden boy and all that last week, uh, where are you at this week? Uh, and then Donnie, want to see your tweet this week about walking into the coach's room. Because that was god-awful. That was terrible. Uh, yeah, you can be happy about being 2-2. Two and two. I'm happy about being 2-2. Two and two. Yes, I am. Uh, at the beginning of the season, I said 2-2. Two and two. I'm out uh, of conference. I'm happy. But, um, you know, it's, that was a terrible way to go into conference. I'm not confident. Uh, nobody should be confident. Uh, yes, it's a win. But, Donnie, 
stop tweeting, bud. Uh, we need to have somebody that's hungry to, to make that next step into the head coaching position. And Donnie ain't it, man. He's been it. He's been in there for 30 years. The best position that he's been in is an offensive coordinator at uh, at Louisville for one year, and then he got fired after that, or got let go, whatever to ha- whatever happened. Uh, and now he's here. Uh, he ain't hungry anymore. He wears t-shirts that are two sizes too small. Uh, we need to have somebody that's hungry to get in there. An offensive coordinator, Mike, get in there, call some plays. All right, there is Zach in Raleigh. I was wondering if that Donnie tweet from last week was going to come up. Yeah, edited. yeah, I thought I thought I thought the same thing. You do put funny a bit tweet. Of, it a was target a funny... on your. Yeah, no doubt. You no a, doubt. Bit of a target on yourself. Yeah, when you tweet that, something yeah like that. that's that's the thing you do. And you know, you and I talked about that. You thought we thought that maybe uh, one of the the players had put him. I mean, I don't even know. To tell you the truth, I don't even know if Donnie knows how to retweet or tweet a GIF or GIF. He said he had a. Um, a manager right 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 yeah i don't know i think he put that up there somehow found a way (laughs) all right 317-1250 billy is up in belleville hello billy hey guys is it beulaville oh no it's belleville okay 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 hey don't try to correct (laughs) no no i just i just wondering i was just asking just asking yeah no problem right outside of leland hey i got uh, you you know, I'm not. I'm not going to knock anybody tonight, but I am going to say, you know, our play calling is it's got to improve. We got to get more aggressive. We can't keep calling the same vanilla, same vanilla stuff. I uh, played a lot of ball with a lot of guys that are on the team right now, currently for ECU, and uh, there, there's just no way we can keep up with the consistent, you know, uh, back down calling that that we've got going on. It's a uh, you know, a lot of the same every single week. You know, a lot of reverses, a lot of vanilla play calling. You know, when when coaches get in trouble, that's the kind of play calling they call. And so we, we just got to improve from here. And, uh, you know, I, I hate to hear the, the same same stuff we hear every week about knocking on players. It's not on the players. It's execution uh, from one level, but also, you know, just, just unoriginal play calling. And so we really got to step it up from here. That's all I got. All right, Billy. Thank you for calling Billy and Clip tonight on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Let's go to line one on the uh, Fixed NC live line and talk to Kevin in Burlington. Hey, Kevin. Hey, fellas. How y'all doing? All right. Um, I know there's a lot of callers, so I'm going to – and I've got a few points. Uh, first and foremost, I want to give kudos to y'all. Your fifth quarter call-in show – I called 123 times before I finally got through. So that shows number one, y'all's popularity, and well, and a shout out and to the, the callers. That's and right, fans and people care. So hey, they make it. So. Hey, you know what? As long as people continue to care, when we don't get calls, be it after a win or a loss, especially yeah. after a loss, when we don't get calls, that's when we're going to be concerned. At least people care. Exactly, and I was even trying to time them. Like when someone would hang up or start to hang up, I'd try and dial. So just kudos to y'all. Secondly, um, I'm the idiot that called in and was blaming Holt Nailers after the South Carolina game. And, you know, his daddy was the PA announcer and all that stuff. And Big Dog got on me. And I apologized for that last week. And um, I'm going to stand by that because Holt Nailers isn't the problem. Um, Donnie Kirkpatrick is the problem. And, and I, and, and the reason why I say that, and I'm echoing some of the other sentiments last week, we won that ball game because in the fourth quarter, we started running an up-tempo offense, number one, 
And I'm going to ask you guys your opinion. On Mitchell's long touchdown run, correct me if I'm wrong, weren't they in the pistol? I don't know. I have to go back and look at it. I, I, don't I believe so. I believe so. But And I do know that he was not even touched. He was not even touched at the line of scrimmage. Exactly. And in the fourth quarter, he almost had another one. Yeah, shoestring. Yeah, yeah. He was almost gone. The pistol again. And you want to know what the pistol does? It's the same thing as Lamar Jackson in the NFL. Run pass option. You either give it to Mitchell or Holton, who can run, does it himself, or he can pass. Every single time we tried to run the ball, either where he was under center or in a shotgun, we were stuffed. And we did that the whole second half. So my question is, is why is, why is Donnie Kirkpatrick calling plays A, slow, and B, why not run an up-tempo pistol offense constantly where you give Holdailers the capability to do what he can do best, which is either run or pass or hand it off to the, to, look, Mitchell had the fastest touchdown week one in the, in, in all of college football. And I, I'm not even going to lie. I was at the game and I said, who on earth like recruited like CJ2K like back to us? Because I've never seen a kid run that fast other than Chris Johnson. You can't keep running up the middle, and somebody even said Art Baker, and I had forgot about Art Baker. Good Lord. Um, you know, three up the middle and punt. But when you're trying to – and my second point was, when you're trying to salt the clock away, we had like five minutes to go, four minutes to go, and we threw a pass that was incomplete, and then it took like 35 seconds off the, off the clock. And then we had to punt back to them, and that's when they scored a touchdown. At what point do you start putting the ball in the hands of your playmakers instead of taking chances at the end of the game when you should be? The clock was their enemy. We was up 10. And your thoughts? Yeah, well, thanks for the call, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. I, I do agree that we need to get the, the ball in the hands of our playmakers. The two playmakers and the two guys that are very dynamic that have to get a ton of touches, Tyler Sneed and, of course, Keaton Mitchell. And I think Mitchell out of the backfield, you got to do a little bit more with him on screen passes and things, getting him in space um, because that's what we did. You know, you mentioned Chris Johnson. That's what happened with Chris Johnson before he could, you know, put a little bit more weight on him and run in between the tackles is use his abilities on the outside and get him the ball. Why are they not going more up-tempo? Mike Houston and Donnie Kirkpatrick have just made it pretty clear that that's not what they want to do. And, and, and yeah. they, they even point out when questions are asked about it that, well, when we went too fast, we made a mistake here, we ran a wrong route here, we had a guy lined up wrong. 
they do not, for whatever reason, I don't know why. I guess not, they feel like they the, the guys can't get it. I guess so. I, that's I don't the, that's know. the only. That's what that sounds like to me. They do not want to go at a warp speed offense, up tempo offense. So mm-hmm. that's I, I don't know why. All right, three one seven twelve fifty. Jeff, John, Al, hang on. We'll take a timeout. Come back and have more for you on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. We're back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you on the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Call-In Show. Billy Weaver, Clip Brock here. We got Shirley Rhodes answering your calls. Chandler running the video. Happy uh, belated birthday, Chandler. We gave you an on-air shout-out yesterday. Thank you, here. man. Appreciate it. Uh, and intern Jalen going to get his feet wet, it looks like, next week on the fifth quarter. So, you know, everybody was, be nice to him. I was kind of upset because I was listening yesterday on my way to Socasty, South Carolina. Oh, I've been there uh, many times. Um, home of Hunter Renfro, by the way. Yeah. Um, y'all gave Big Dog a happy birthday song. You gave Shirley a happy birthday song, and I was waiting for mine. You weren't here. That is true. If you were here, I would have I would have done it right in your face. He's, he's here <laughs> right in now. your face. He's here now. Nah, it's not his birthday. But no, uh, I appreciate the birthday wishes. Three one seven twelve fifty. Zach, Al, John, hang on. Let's go to Jeff and the Grimey Grimesland. Hello, Jeff. Hey, what's up, Clip? This is Jeff out in uh, Grimesland. Uh, first time caller. Appreciate y'all taking my call. Yes, sir. I'm um, gonna keep it pretty short. Um, number one, man, I am so tired of hearing that we cannot run tempo because our guys will make mistakes. I feel like that is just not an excuse anymore. So I'm going to just go ahead and throw that out there because I've been hearing that for the last two weeks, and I'm just so tired of hearing that. And number two, I just want to ask you guys, why can we not dominate the line of scrimmage against Charleston Southern, an FCS team? Granted, they played a good game. Let's give a little bit of credit to them. But, I mean, I'm just not going to accept that as an uh, – Long-time ECU fan, I'm just, man, I just don't know to know where to begin with uh, the line of scrimmage. I mean, it's just it's just a mess, man. I don't – I'm going to just let y'all take that. All right. It. All right, Jeff. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for the call. Um, I, good question. That's I a great question. I don't think it's yeah. the coaching because Steve Shankweiler has been around forever. Yeah. And and he's a heck a great, of a coach. Great offensive line coach. You would think that – East Carolina would have been able to run between the tackles tonight against Charleston Southern. They tried, and they just couldn't do it. Um, so that is very disappointing. That's something I'd be interested to hear. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe maybe we should hear from some of the uh, some of the the assistant coaches instead of just the offensive, defensive coordinator, and head coach. Maybe we should hear from some of those guys. As uh, Jeff was saying that, Scott on Facebook Live says, "I keep shaking my head that our three 300- hundred plus pound lineman can't block uh, we wanted to be a big line we wanted a big line for years now we have one and they can't block and it's uh it's frustrating when you lose in the trenches and all those yards are churned out and uh and the lack of a running game other than a few big plays here and there especially by keaton mitchell uh against an fcs opponent so all right 317-1250 uh let's go to john in kitty hall okay john hey how you doing all right. Good job. I, I pretty much know, but Clip, I enjoy your show, and I just want to make a few comments. Uh, first of all, I'm probably 
uh, been a graduate more than either one of you have been born, born. And so I've seen a lot of stuff, but this was really embarrassing. And the second thing I want to say is we don't need to be worrying about uh, the beer garden, the audio, or the shirts too tight on our coaches. We need to worry about what's going on on the field. And I believe that we do have the players, and they're not totally the problem. Uh, obviously, that means that there's something going on on the sidelines with the coaching. But other than that, I think, uh, you know, Holton, uh, I love him as a person. I'm not sure he's the answer. But anyway, uh, the program is in dire straits, and if people don't understand that, then, you know, that's, that's up to them. But, uh, you know, we've got problems, and it's more than I said, you know, what's going on on the field. It's pretty much on the sidelines. So... I'll just close and and listen to you guys, but I appreciate the show. It's very, very informative and entertaining, and uh, um, I've enjoyed it for years. Well, thank you uh, for tuning in, John and Kitty Hawk. Uh, John says we got some issues, and uh, those issues are on the sidelines coaching the Pirates. And Well, I do agree that we have some talent on the field. There's no question about that. There's plenty of talent to be had on the field. It's just not all coming together. So with that being said, and coaches will be the first one to tell you this, the buck stops with them. When you've got talent on the field and they're they're not winning with tonight, that it's not the case. They did win the ball game, of course. They didn't win the way us fans and, and even the coaches and players would have liked. But uh, there's talent on the field and you know there's there's work to be done in practice for sure and the coaches are going to have to take that load on their shoulders (laughs) john moody says don't tell me what not to worry about john (laughs) Uh, John don't worry about don't worry about beer beer gardens and tight shirts john on john crime here on the fifth quarter 317-1250 al's up in greenville hello al hey guys it's me again hello al well you know what a win's a win but yeah there's some good news we had a uh, first time I seen it in a while. We had a small caravan of uh, cars going up to Greenville for the game last night, and you know they leave from either BT's Tavern or Designer down here. So that was that. Was, I was glad to see that. I couldn't go, but uh, uh, it was good to see uh, Captain Bill called. It was nice to hear from him complaining about everything. And uh, the only thing we need now is Nicholas. Remember Nicholas? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. He's That's probably a, a grown-ass man at this point. <laughs> He's probably married with a couple. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> that, that, that's right. And that's the last thing we need, and I hope Troy is listening. All we need is his favorite, his favorite person and my favorite Montgomery uh, uh, believer is what the heck is his name? Scotty Montgomery? Jeff Confer. Oh, he was an apologist, and I got in trouble for talking about him. And and the last thing is, you know, every week I hear, there's got to be somebody on that squad 
they can stand back there and take the ball like a mannequin. There's got to be somebody other than Ellie. I mean, you just he stands back there and that's it. No, no. If Garcia can run around the end, why can't they just put him in for four plays and just see what he does? I know they don't want to play him, but I think so. I think somebody called in and said there's going to be a lot of transfers. I, I, I don't know. There's got to be. Is there anybody? Even put Snead back there. Let him run the ball a couple times. Hey, I, I said that early. You know, he's what he's is he two for three with two touchdown passes? Yeah. yeah hey. Can't hate on that. <laughs> I don't think that's the answer, but that, I mean, he's yeah, a heck of a player. Man. I don't know that we keep, we're, we're all watching the same game and the coaches are as well. And for whatever reason, they, uh, they don't see the need to put in somebody else I don't so know. i i will say this i don't you know i was at the game and, and clip you were watching on tv there was a part of the student section a couple of times tonight that started chanting we want garcia so i mean that's that's still that's still something that's on people's minds right now is that was, is this his last year uh technically i think he can play one more oh my god i well i hope i you know i hope i hope you don't lose the audience again it's coming back and uh i i just hope i hope he's gone this year <laughs> so, all right have a great night you guys thanks al there's al in greenville trevor said do we know why garcia randomly came in at the goal line because the coaches put him in yeah and it was a play it, you know i mean it was a, des- a design play obviously yeah. to give a little misdirection you flank holt nailers your quarterback out to the right side that of course is going to draw the defense and say okay what's going on here and you put garcia in the wildcat obviously it's a it's a good call it was a touchdown so uh you know we i want to see him throw on. the football right right and, and do some other and, stuff. and you know what that may be, that may have been a precursor to what the coaches thought or maybe had said okay let's get garcia in the game and maybe a, a perfect situation early on and then hopefully in the fourth quarter if we've got a comfortable lead we can put him back in there and get him some reps that just the east game carolina, didn't work out that way we were talking about the same exact moment billy but east carolina was up 17 with the ball going in i was so ready to tweet yeah. all right you got it done pirates and that let's was call the interception, it tonight. right put in some backups let's roll with them for eight minutes and get the hell out of here and then aylers throws a pick in the end zone yeah. and you got a game once again so you can't put in those guys so just got really frustrating all right zach you're up next in greenville line one Shirley. hey zach hey guys uh me again uh, back to too tight T-shirt tweeting Donnie K. Uh, you got to understand what your what your players' strengths and weaknesses are. And Donnie K. It sounds like he's trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. You got a game plan around him, man, and it's it's so frustrating. And what's even more frustrating is that nobody from the local press, including you guys, love you guys, love listening to y'all, but y'all igloo quote unquote. Shout out Stephen Igloo. Uh, Nobody's putting the press on these guys. You know, we sit there and we you know, sit there and, and make them feel good whenever we win, but nobody puts the press on them whenever we lose or whenever we have close games like this that, you know, we should have won handily. Um, you know, yeah, everybody was chanting that we want, Gar- we want Mason. Um, you know, I'd rather, I told Coach Rick Smith this last year or two years ago, whenever it was. I said I'd rather lose with a freshman or a sophomore than a junior or a senior. I mean, you got plenty of time for experience, and yeah, I get that Mason lost last year against Navy, but if he hadn't gotten better, 
in a year and two weeks, then that's a problem with the coaching staff of not developing players. And if nobody in the media or nobody else realizes that, then that's another issue in itself is that we're not holding these coaches to a higher standard. If we want to be a small-time program, then, hey, by all means, let's smile, let's laugh, let's go have some donuts. But at the same time, if we want to make this next step, then we got we got to hold these coaches to a higher standard. And that it is what it is. All right. I like the uh, the passion there, Zach. Yeah, I do too. And and just just for the record, I'm not privy to press conferences anymore. So I'm I'm not available to be able to go. I don't have a press pass anymore. So I, I do this show, and that's about it. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't go to him either. But he's saying Pirate Radio, Igloo, the whole crew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach, are you still there? Is Zach still there? He's gone. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they've been asked about putting in Garcia. The coaches have, yeah, and and, uh, been, and about up tempo. They've as been well. asked about tempo, mm-hmm. and I mean, outside of that, I mean, I do agree with Zach's point. If the excuses, well, Ehlers is still the best option, and Garcia just isn't ready. Then that, I mean, that kind of is an indictment if he's not much better than yeah. he was a year ago on the coaches. And I, and I mean, you, you can't press them any more than that. Then they can say, look, that's our quarterback. Um, that's the way it is. Garcia is not ready. Um, you know, and you can't say, well, you, you can't press the coaches from the media aspect and say, well, why aren't you? Why, you know, and I, I get all that. It's just, uh, it's frustrating. It really is. 317-1250, Nathan, Jeff, and Kevin are on hold. We'll take a timeout. Come back, have more for you on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. We're back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right. A couple of uh, top 25 teams survive. A couple don't. Uh, Michigan State survives Nebraska in overtime, 23-20. And Kevin from Burlington says it's a good day when the Pirates win and Carolina loses. Number 21, Carolina loses to Georgia Tech, 45-22. Oklahoma survives West Virginia by a final of 16-13. Alabama cruises over Southern Miss, 63-14. That's the final. And uh, it's about five and a half minutes left to go in this game. UAB leads Tulane, 28-14. And that is a look at your Buck scoreboard brought to you by the Buccaneer Music Hall. It's your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates. They're open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night and food trucks during the day during football season. Follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram for an updated schedule, and we'll see you at the Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All right, 11.08 p.m., and we are locked and loaded, taking your calls on the Fixed NC Live line here on the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. And Billy Weaver and I have lines locked right now. Kale, Kevin, Jeff, we'll get to you right now. We'll go to Nathan and Graham. Hello, Nathan. Hey, how you, how you guys doing tonight? Good, how are you? Good, man. I'm good, man. All I got to say tonight is that, you know, Holton Ailes is my quarterback, right? Like, y'all want to – everyone chant, go Mason, go Mason, put Mason in. Holton Ailes has been a quarterback for three years. 
He's doing a great job. That's my guy. You know, a few years ago, he put up all the numbers in Cincinnati, all them good teams in AAC, and I just can't believe everybody's hating on him now. You know what I mean, man? Like, I just can't believe that now everybody wants to put Mason Garcia on. Get Mason Garcia in. How many yards he's going for? What's his best game? Like sixty some yards, right? I just can't believe that Holden is the guy. If you put Holden in a rough and offense, he would be killing it right now. We'd be we'd be what three and zero right now? Should it be App State four and zero? Would be four and zero right now? Should it be App State Marshall? Should it be all of them? You know? All right. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, three one seven twelve. That just 15. reminded me of that's my quarterback. Here's what I don't like. We've we've been uh, we're Washington football fans. Like RG three versus Cousins. There's always like a quarterback controversy in DC, right? And I hate when fans like pick their quarterback to root for instead of the team. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just want ECU to win, no matter if it's Holton or Mason or Stubblefield or Flynn or Sneed or whoever's playing quarterback. But uh, that we have our our factions i guess now well and the bottom line is is that criticism and praise is going to come at both ends of the spectrum too much praise uh for a quarterback when they win and play well and a lot too much criticism and negativity uh when they lose and don't play well that just goes with that position quarterbacks know it um, so Nathan, to your point, you know why people are saying put in Garcia and all that. It just goes with the territory. And the good thing is, is that Holt Nailers has got a great head on his shoulders, and he can take that. He knows that he's going to get criticized when he doesn't play well, or when the team doesn't play well. And even if he does play well and the team loses, the quarterback takes a lot of that responsibility. Three one seven twelve fifty. Let's go next to Jeff in Louisiana. Hello, Jeff. Hey, fellas. Uh, I mean, just. Thank goodness for special teams, because without that blocked field goal, uh, we could be, you know, sitting in overtime possibly, and I'm not sure if I like the chances of that. But um, it's just more bad decisions by Holton. He just doesn't look really comfortable if he's not either on the run, you know, with the run pass option. But I, I'm not saying he's 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 not the answer, but he's just not looking too hot this season. And like the last caller said, I get it. He put some big numbers up last year, but in games we lost so i don't i don't know if that argument holds up for me um the the defense the defense was all right uh but they're on the field all night so i mean i can't really expect them to lock it down when they're on the field most of the game but uh we just got to lock in with Did we lose him? I think we lost Jeff. I, I do agree that the defense was on the field way too long, especially early in the game, because if you remember, the very first drive of the game, Charleston Southern marched all the way down. First of all, there was a penalty that cost East Carolina four points. We had an offsides, an on, offsides on the field goal. The player that eventually blocked the field goal. Right, right, right. Game, so. Yeah, so there was four Kinda points right there. But if you remember, they went on a 15-play, I think 70 or 75-yard drive in that first drive ecu on their first possession went three and out yeah the defense was right back on the field and another long drive so yeah there were times that the defense was on the field way too much so i don't i don't put a whole lot of that i mean i do because there there were some plays that the defense just there were some bad plays one time i got up walked down to the kitchen here in the pirate radio building came back and shirley said you see uh what happened i said yeah we bought the field goal and i said um 
but why why do they have the ball she said oh we went three and out yeah like yeah. It's, it's that quick it's fast too many way too many three and outs not converting on third down is keeping the defense out on the field way too long and speaking of which i think it was nathan was the last caller um uh said something about special teams kudos once again to john young because let me tell you something if you've got a guy out there that can't do what john young has has been doing uh this season for East Carolina, and especially the first, the first punt was 58 yards and backed him up at the two yard line, and then that one late in the game on that, yep. you know, the very last punt of the game put them inside the what Went two or three, three yard line. Yep. I mean, crucial. That guy has been clutch all season. Three one seven twelve fifty. Kevin is up next in Gramsland. Hey, Kevin. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up? Hey, Billy. I'm glad to see you back on the air, man. Thank you, sir. Glad, so glad to be here. So look, I, and then I missed most of the uh, calling show. I had a little toddler. We were trying to, you know, get him to run that energy out before we got him home. So hopefully, I'm not going to be beating a dead horse here. Um, one of the things that we really saw um, that really upset us is, you know, 11 seconds left when you had the guy um, from Charleston laying on the ground, and C.J. Johnson was just dancing on the sideline. I mean, we're in a position that hey, we could lose. And these guys aren't even taking it seriously. So it seems like there's just a really big discipline issue um, with our players. And I think that's something that really needs to get addressed. Um, as for Holton, you know, um, I think it was Nate was talking about it. I- I'm still a fan of Holton. Um, but we got to get some protection for him. He-, he cannot keep running for his life every play. And for a team like Charles and Southern to keep pressure on them like they were is it's not acceptable. Um, and also, everybody was talking about the uh, beer gardens, and the only complaint I got about that, we need bush lattes. And that's all I got to say. All right. Everybody's <laughs> got go. their personal preference. Oh, yeah. There is Kevin in Groundsland. Uh, 317-1250. Let's get another one in. Kale is in Statesville. Hello, Kale. Hey, guys. Hey, um, you know, I was at the first couple of games, and, um, you know, I watched the Marshall game on uh, on the Facebook telecast. Wasn't able to watch the game tonight, unfortunately. But, um, you know, um, I just want to remind um, Pirate Nation that, um, you know, we're still a work in progress. And the leadership that we had with Comfer and, and – uh, that that piss ant of a of an AD that we had, they put they put our football program back eight to ten years, and um, Mike Houston is our guy. That's the guy that we wanted. We wanted him here. He's gonna take. It's gonna take him a while to get. Um, it's gonna take him a while to get us where we need to be. Um. And although the win tonight wasn't as pretty as we wanted it to be, um, it's it's still a win. Um, I'm I'm glad we were able to walk away with a win, but let's 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 look at the big picture here, and let's um, uh, let's take a step back and say, hey, um, you know, three years ago we were taking beatings by you know losing by forty points. Uh, we we had a hell of a game against Marshall, and uh, we you know had a um, uh, even though it was a dirty win, it was it was a win 
not against Charleston Southern. Um, I'm, I'm sick and tired of hearing the negative comments about uh, our players, uh, the coaching staff we have. You can say what you want about our play calling. Um, I'm, I'm going to leave that up, you know, to, you know, to whatever you want to say about that. But Mike Houston is our guy. Uh, Holt Naylor's is my quarterback. And um, I'm going to uh, hang up now and let you guys talk about that. Um, if you guys have any other suggestions about who to bring some, you know, bring in, uh, as opposed to Holton Ellers uh, or Mike Houston, I'd love to hear it. But with our budget and um, the fact that we can't get anyone uh, better than Scotty Montgomery in here after we fired Russell McNeil, uh, I'd love to hear your suggestions. But I think we have a hell of a, a damn coach. We need to give him time. I'm tired of all the damn um, negative feedback whenever we have a, a, a loss. So I'll hang up and let you guys uh, comment on that. Appreciate you guys. You guys have a hell of a show. Um, go Pirates. All right. Thank you, Kale. Thanks, Kale. Yeah. Good. Uh, the good news is that Ruffin McNeil's coming back. <laughs> As a Hall of Famer? Yes. Uh, no doubt a work in progress. We've gone over the, the comfort stuff a trillion times. But, uh, yeah, um, at some point it's got to turn. And, look, they did win tonight. They are 2-2. Two and two. That's true. I mean, because next it, week really is a a barometer game. You know what? We we have we have a name for next. We didn't have a name for we this. Did, one. We had no idea what to call this game. Whether it was a pivotal game, we didn't want to call it a crucial game. We didn't want to call it a must win. But I like barometer game for next week because you're going into conference play, uh, and you're going to be playing a very good two lane team. Uh, and it just it depends on you know it, it's going to be interesting to see how this team responds. We saw how the team responded from coming back from a 17 point victory to play a team at home they should have really pounded and they didn't respond very well. Will they do the opposite and respond really well after a tough win at yeah. home? Yeah, uh, we shall see. Three one seven twelve fifty. Uh, let's get uh, take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we got three lines open, folks, for the first time just about ever this year. 317-1250 if you want to jump in. B-Pays will be up next. And your calls as well when we return on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250. I just got a text from a buddy that said, Huge W, what a gritty win. And I thought he was being sarcastic, but he was talking about the Braves. Yeah. He was being serious. <laughs> Atlanta with a big extra inning uh, win in San Diego and now have a one-and-a-half game lead over the Phillies, who they will be playing coming up next week as we get ready uh, for the MLB postseason. You know what San Diego stands for, don't you? Uh, I don't, Billy. Tell me. No. Mm. <laughs> we were actually talking about that the other day in the <laughs> studio. We have a clip. It might have been you actually saying it on the press box. If I'm Did not I? No, I didn't. Was that Weaver saying uh, Wells Vagina, Shirley? Or was that no, Shirley? I didn't say it that. It wasn't? Okay. That wasn't me. Sorry. No. I just said it. Uh, <laughs> we had three lines open, and they closed fast. Brandon, Chris, Bryce are on hold. Let's go to Pays in Raleigh. What's up, B-Pays? 
What's up, guys? No lemon pound cake this week. I was good because I ate the whole damn man. Yeah, See, I'm disappointed. We hey Shirley, cut him off. He said he was going to come correct with some lemon pound cake, and he didn't cut him Show off. Show me a picture of it. It did. Look I know, right? Awesome. Oh, he did show you a picture. It looked moist. <laughs> Love a moist cake. <laughs> that that's whole milk you use in that. That's why. Ah, there you go. No skim stuff in that. <laughs> no skim stuff in that. Um, you know, it was it was one of those tough ones tonight. I think Mike Houston made a couple of uh, errors early in the week. Number one was calling this their Super Bowl. I thought that was a little. Yeah, he pulled a Billy Weaver. I was going to say, I thought that was me. <laughs> We're one and one on Super Bowls this year. It's one and one. Hey, unlike the Chiefs, ECU can beat the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Thank Good you. one. Yep. Good one. Did it all by myself. <laughs> it was a pirate on pirate crime. Lower the headgear. <laughs> <laughs> and um, number two is, I thought when he told the fans last week to shut the hell up, but it's, I thought they kind of bit him in the ass. Yeah. Bit him in the butt. I was about to cuss. Bit him in the butt a little bit today. Um, you know, Holton didn't look good. I mean, that, you know, that <laughs> there's no, the two interceptions basically, you know, helped change the game. I mean, that first interception, he had two other wide receivers wide open. If you go back and look at the film, he had two. And then the second one, I think I heard Mike uh, Houston post game say, "Well, he thinks the receiver, uh, and he thinks the receiver might have cut the route off quick." I, I just went back and looked at it. No, he just he threw it too short. So I mean, I think those two interceptions changed the momentum a lot in in, in the game. Um, he just doesn't look comfortable. I don't. I, I'm not here to say I don't think Hogan could get the job done. But I do. I just don't think he looks comfortable in whatever the you know whatever DK and them are doing with him. I mean, he has regret. Yeah, I mean, you watch other football games, and our offense just looks clunky. It does. It doesn't. It doesn't flow. I, I don't know. Like the, there's so much uh, other smooth looking offenses across college football. Sometimes it's just ugly to watch what we're doing. I mean, hell, I mean, DK could have walked down the booth today, went to the Charleston Southern offense coordinator booth, and probably. I mean, that that guy, he, he called a good game. He did. He did. They did. I I agree with you 100%. I, I liked what I saw from Charleston Southern's offense and their tempo and what they do with their quarterback. Obviously, two different styles of quarterbacks. Uh, he was Their quarterback was, you know, smaller, very shifty, elusive, made plays happen. He made plays happen when, when the offensive line or when the pressure came and the play broke down. Uh, and, and going back to, I mentioned this earlier, he should have been sacked on that one play where he got loose somehow and reeled off a big run and then a couple plays later ended up scoring on the quarterback keeper. I was so impressed with their offense and that young man. You know who he reminded me of? That? He reminded me of James Pinkney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was tough. And he took some hits, too. He took some hits. He's yeah, not as wiry and long as, as Pinkney, but shift. Pinkney was a better thrower and less of a runner but uh, as far as taking a shot and getting back yeah. up and being tough, he definitely had that uh, yeah, attribute. He definitely was. It just looks like I said. It just looks like to me, Holton. Sometimes he's got his. He just doesn't look confident back then. I don't know if that confidence has just been real. I mean, you know, he's not. He, he's, he's getting on one receiver. Not you know, not going through his progressions, and that comes to. I know we hired a Latrell Scott. I guess Latrell Scott. He's the passing game coordinator. They got the JMU quarterback as a grad assistant talking to them. They got Donnie as the offensive coordinator. Between three of them, something's not happening. So they got they got to they got to figure it out. And I don't know if at some point, you know, we brought Garcia in today. I'm not saying to go start Garcia, but I don't know if at some point 
where you do like New Orleans does with, uh, I can't think of the other dude. Taysom Hill. Um, yeah, with Taysom Hill. I mean, bring him in a couple of series if you think, you know, or bring him in, you know, and have him, you know, either run the ball and ran a touchdown. I mean, that kid's huge. I mean, it's going to be hard for guys to tackle that dude. I mean, he's a he's a big boy. So, but I don't know, fellas. I mean, they got they got to get it right because Tulane, that defense. I mean, if if that defense plays like they did delay, that quarterback from Tulane is going to light they tell up. So, McCoy Glore is going to be Corey Glore's not going to have no voice left. Uh, calling touch. Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, Corey Glore there on the uh, the call for Tulane. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate it, fellas. All right, Pace. I'll see you. I'm coming in next week, and I'll see y'all next week. All right, sounds good. But um, Tulane is. Might be the best one and three team in the country. They lost again. Uh, they lost to UAB. They got their own issues. They played some good teams, of course, in Ole Miss, Oklahoma. UAB is a pretty good team, but you would think they would win that one at home. But they're going to come in here pretty desperate at one and three, which again uh, makes the next week's game huge for both teams trying to start out league play with a win. And Tulane's had our number over the years but they do have a very talented quarterback uh as pace just said there yeah they do so the defense is definitely gonna have to tighten up uh which i thought they would today after giving up all those yards I last thought, week i thought so and what they do they went out and gave up just as many if not more to charleston southern well, look they so. gave up 500 yards and you know what i had said this in the break if you looked at if you took the final score out of the stat sheet and you looked at it and said okay who won this game looking at the stats you would have thought charleston southern won yeah, and they nearly did. 317-1250. Let's go to Bryce and Aiden. Hey, Bryce. Yeah. What's up, man? Um, probably going to say some things that are a little controversial to Pirate Nation tonight. Um, from the very beginning, since Ruff got fired, I'm not beating a dead horse for that. But I think people hated Scotty Moe so much and wanted him out there out so bad that it didn't matter who we brought in. Yeah, Mike Houston might be the guy. He hasn't proved anything yet to me. Um yeah, he might be the guy. He might need to get some more players in. But I think people hated Scotty Moe so much, wanted him gone so bad, that any one of us could have took the head coaching job and, you know, Pirate Nation would have our back over Scotty Moe. Uh, I've, I've said that there was a contingency of fans that no matter what he did would uh, would not be a fan of his, but he, he also had an awful record here coaching. So by the end of it, you know, it's kind of yeah, – just... well, I mean, well, you know, three and nine, three years in a row. Yeah, yeah. That, that's not going to get it. Yeah, I mean, Mike Houston's, you know, we we're two and two right now. Um, got a pretty tough road ahead. I know UAB's beating Tulane right now, so. Yeah, that's a final. We, yeah, so, I mean, they're going to be they're gonna be searching for a W next weekend, coming in here hungry. And if we lay over like we did tonight, you know, we got we to gotta quit playing not to lose in the second half. We got to step on their throats and play to win. Well, I tell you what, everybody's going to come into Dowdy Ficklin Stadium hungry, and no one's going to be scared of East Carolina this year until they prove otherwise. Um, so every game this year from here on out is going to be tough for East Carolina. doesn't matter who's on the other side. Yeah, if we come out you know, like we did today, the first 10 minutes of this game, we're going to lose to 90% of the teams we play. We're just lucky that we played at 1A high school today. And you know, we were lucky that we come out strong in the, in the second quarter and was able to you know, come back ahead. But we can't play like that going through the rest of the year all right bryce i'm with you man see you bye. all right have a good one thank you there is bryce and aiden 317-1250 let's go to chris and raleigh hey chris hey guys how y'all doing all doing right. good chris man i just want to let you just call in and say man i think holden is the guy but um how long are we going to let this offense kind of just stagger along go three and out every time run the ball one two yards and just and just 
you know, punt the ball. Our punter is the MVP of the team right now. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the play calling. It's just terrible. But uh, that's, you know, Holton's the guy. But we should give Mason this. We should give Mason a shot one of these days if our offense can't get anything going. I'm going to shut up and listen, though. Bye. All right. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's a definitely a fair question because if you just keep beating your head against the brick wall and and not getting the results on offense, something has to change. But right, right now, everything through four weeks is stayed the same and uh it likely will against Tulane as far as the personnel and I don't think Donnie is going to completely change this offense in a week so I don't know what the answer is but uh I understand the question and it's a question we've gotten quite a bit this year already it it has been a question and everybody's asked about uh the question sideways and upside down and backwards the same way I mean the same question a hundred different ways and and you know we're not getting the answers that we want and we go back to what we said earlier on it would have been so much nicer to be able to see Garcia in mop-up duty tonight uh but we didn't get that opportunity and that's that's probably to me one of the biggest shames of losing or not excuse me winning this game uh by the margin that they did and not being able to comfortably win and get some guys in 317-1250 uh Brandon is up next in Winterville on the Fixed NC Live line. Hey, Brandon. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. So, um, I mean, I, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I'm not going to ask you a question. Like, what's wrong with Donnie? What's wrong with this? What's wrong with that? Um, I think, you know, fourth quarter last week kind of showed kind of – I'm not saying we can run a t- up-tempo offense like that for four quarters because I don't think that's possible. But we did it some in the second quarter, and it seemed to work a little bit. Um and it seems over the years we've done it a few times and it's worked. And I think Holton's a little more comfortable in that offense. Um, I don't, I don't really know what Donnie's thinking. I thought maybe we would try it some more from last week, but I, I just don't feel like Holton's comfortable in this offense at all, which I've heard several people say. But you know, the quarterback's always going to take the blame. But you know, Holton, Holton's proven he can do it. Um, I was looking up some stuff earlier. He's about 100 yards away from third all-time in passing in ECU history. He's, I think, got three of the top five single-game passing performances. Um, He's like four touchdowns away or seven touchdowns away from being top two all-time in touchdown passes. Um, I mean, the kid, he's shown he can do it. I just don't know that we're doing the best things around him, or not just him, I think the offense in general, to – help these guys succeed and I feel like we're putting them in a hole I feel like we're third and 12 third and 10 every series or at least every other series and it's almost an impossible outcome when you get to that I don't care who you're playing when you do that over and over and over again they pin their ears back and come after you and our offensive line obviously they've struggled they played a little better but they you know when you're getting blitzed every third down it's kind of hard to keep guys off the quarterback all the time um you know I just think we're <laughs> power nations placing blame on Holton a lot and I think, you know, there's a plenty of blame to go around. Um, and I think it starts at the top, and it starts with the offensive coordinator as well. Um, so, anyways, that's just – appreciate you guys. All right, Brandon. Appreciate you guys calling in. Uh, the numbers are kind of staggering, and, and they don't they don't match up with wins, unfortunately. Yeah. Those, big, uh, those big passing numbers. But uh, we appreciate the call. 317-1250 on the Fixed NC Live line. What do you want to do, Shirley? Take a break or let's get a couple calls in. Cameron is up in Charlotte. Hey, Cameron. Hey, what's up, guys? I just want to spread some positivity here. So 
if we're looking at the grand scheme of things, three four years ago, we lost to A&T, JMU. Um, we would lose to Temple, USF, UCF, all by 50 points. We'd be lucky to get a field goal. We need to appreciate what's going on right now, appreciate this win because we pulled it out despite what anybody says. We could have lost this game in the first quarter. People need to get happy, be positive. I'm hearing people talk about we're stepping back, we're going backwards. No, we're actually going forward. We would not have pulled this out three, four years ago. We're lucky to have Coach Houston. We're, we're on the come up. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I just, I think, I think we're doing great and we can only get better from here. So I'm going to hang up and listen to you guys. All right. All right. I like to spread some, uh, some positivity and how, how about let's spread some more positivity. How about this? Think of it this way. We could have lost that game at Marshall instead of the miraculous comeback and then blown out Charleston Southern by 30 points. Would you feel better about that? Or two and two. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's the positivity right there. That's that's the positive out of it. Two and two. Uh, all Take right. two and two all day as opposed to one and three. Thanks to uh, Positive Cameron. There, there you go. Yep. All right, there's Cameron in uh, Charlotte. 317-1250. Charlie is up next in Pittsburgh. What's up, Charlie? Hey, Cliff. Um, I'm going to keep it short tonight because uh, I've, I've been on the drive home and I've been stewing over it. Um, uh, you know, it was a. Uh, I get my a couple of positives out of the way first. Of course, the weather was great. I enjoyed going to the game. I enjoyed our tailgate and everything. Uh, but honestly, a lot of this game, I felt embarrassed. Um, I, I don't know. I, I thought we were further along than we are, and maybe that's me setting expectations. But gosh, I, I really felt like uh, I really felt like we should have done better there. I mean, I'm I, you know I'm not saying anything new that other callers hadn't said, but thank goodness. Uh, that was that was a tough one, um, but you know we got to shake it off. Players got to shake it off. Coaches got to shake it off. I'm not calling out anybody in particular, um, but we got a tough opponent coming into Greenville next weekend. And if we come out there and play in the first quarter like we did uh, today, then we're going to get embarrassed. And I don't want that to happen. Um, but anyway, thank you guys for taking my call. Appreciate everything you do. Um, I'll be there next weekend. Hope other people will be too. Um, and hey, two and two ain't bad. I ain't mad about that. Yeah. Um, just wish we could have done it a little more convincingly. No doubt. I'll hang up. Y'all have a good night. Thank you. For uh, people that had to work, had a wedding, had to be away from the game, and they look at it and see East Carolina's two and two, I'll say, all right. As long as they didn't look at the score. If you don't dive into <laughs> it too closely, the closer you dig, the closer you get to the center of that onion, the more it stinks. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this one was uh, certainly smelly. Once you peel back the layers. That's right. Uh, 317-1250, we'll take a timeout. James is up next. We got Justin on the line, and we have two open lines at 317-1250. We are back on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter calling show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250, the number on the fixed NC live line. Thanks to Tiebreakers for the awesome uh, postgame food tonight. And uh, looks like I'll be at Tiebreakers on Sunday because for some godforsaken reason, they're going to be showing the New Orleans Saints and Patriots game on our local Fox affiliate. And, and not the Washington football team in Buffalo? 
Do the people there still think that Drew Brees and Tom Brady play for those teams? And, and Why you know would what? You I, would un- I would understand that. This is, uh, But I don't get it. This is an outrage. This is disrespectful to the Washington fans in North Carolina. Yes, which there are a, there are a plenty. And I'm about to light Brian Norris' ass up <laughs> on Twitter. They're foxing it up again. 317-1250. Owen in Tampa is going to light somebody up in just a moment. Uh, Justin, and we'll go to James in Wilmington next. Hey, James. What's up, fellas? We are 2-2, two and two, baby. Yes, yes we, we are. are. And what ended up being the most polarizing game between a North Carolina and South Carolina team today, ECU prevails and proves that they are the best pirate team in the Carolinas. So you were, were you referring like to the uh, the NC State Clemson game? Oh, was that today? <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, yeah, I mean, those guys, they had a game going on, but I mean, we had the real game. And I, I, I want to be positive this week. It was really nice to be back in the stadium with six of kids to the game, want them to see their first ECU game to be a dominant ECU performance. So because of that, we only had to let them watch the second quarter. We had to put the double eye patches on them after that. It was a little out of hand. Well, if you'd have left at halftime, the, the kids would have been safe. Well, it, it would have, we, we on the way to being a blowout at halftime. We we got to raise them right. They have to sit through the middle. There you go. The rest of them. Uh, and defensively, today, well, let me ask you guys a question. Do you, do you guys like Phil Collins? Phil Collins? Uh, he's all right. Yeah. Not as I, I like Bob Seger more, but I like Phil Collins is all right. Okay. okay. I, I I like Phil Collins. I've been a big Genesis fan ever since the release of their 1980 album Duke. Before that, I didn't really understand any of their work too artsy too intellectual wait is this uh american psycho what are you doing here what is that is that a movie <laughs> okay yeah i think that's what it is yeah. but i was watching them and i kept thinking about their 1981 classic against all odds i don't know if you remember the lyrics it goes take a look at me now there's just an empty space and that's all we were on defense you just had these little guys just run these little slants and just dropping down into space and man, it was like a string bikini on a 400-pound NC State girl. There's just too much room there, man. Just too much show. <laughs> All, right. All right, Jace. You went a long way for that. But as somebody that likes dumb jokes, I it, I liked it. It cracked me up. So. That's good. I think I like the string I, bikini thing the best. That was good, too, yeah. I got two theories I want to share with you. All right, let's go. Let's hurry up. All right. Houston believes we can only win via comeback so he let us get in that position so we could come back i think he's he's weird like that two deeper theory aylers knows that houston won't play anyone else if the game is even remotely close so he's got to kind of toe that line of mediocrity just enough so that we won't see another quarterback play in the game and speaking of other quarterbacks donnie is the biggest tease since my high school girlfriend one play with mason garcia and one touchdown, and then he's gone. Just as fast as he was there, he's gone again. All right, James. Good Cons- stuff. Conspiracy theory, James. That that's, is a good your, call. I yeah. appreciate it. I like how you do it, and uh, hopefully we hear from you next week. There is James in Wilmington, 317-1250. Justin is up next in Greenville. Hey, Justin. Hey, guys. Um, 
I'm not going to be a dead horse. I mean, obviously, offense didn't score a point in the second half. Um, that's against Charleston Southern. It's very disappointing. But I'm, I want to call out the, some of the fans, too. I mean, back when I was in college, you couldn't even get a drink at, at the game. By the fourth quarter, it looked like a high school stadium. Everybody left. Um, man, we got to stay here and support these guys. Like, I mean, that that was – to me, that was disappointing. I mean, they came out for a big win last week. Tonight was terrible. But, I mean, you got to stay here and support them. And, you know, if you're going to leave it in the third quarter, I mean, that's just – I don't get it. Billy, uh, you were there, and you had to leave early to come back here. To I, uh, I did, but I, I left a lot later than a lot of people did because, like, the boneyard started to really empty out, and I, I remember that was one of the the things that I noticed first is the boneyard really started to empty out. But you know, those are students too in the boneyard, and they're thinking by the end of the third quarter, okay, this this game's well in hand. I'm going downtown. Um, you know, it's it's nighttime now, and I, so I get that from the students and stuff. Um, but getting back to the fans, I. I did think it was a great crowd today. I really did. Um, it seemed like the crowd was a little bit more spread out than it was uh, against South Carolina. Some of the, you know, some of the empty sections in the corners that we saw in South Carolina, the corners were filled up a little bit more, but it was kind of spread out. So, yeah. But I, I mean, you know, everybody wants a full stadium all the way to the end, but some some people just aren't aren't kind of built that way. All right, uh, Justin. Thanks, man. There is Justin in Greenville. I just hope the fans are there in the first quarter next week and then kind of realize what next week is. Huge game. Try to get a 1-0 in conference. Try to get a, a winning record for the first time since when? Winning record for the first time in six years. It's been six years since they've had a winning record. Well, I'm is talking that? about like during the season. Probably like 2-0 and in the Scotty Moe era. Oh, oh okay. Era. I see I see what you're saying. Like, I thought you meant a, overall. A winning record during like in season. Well, yeah. It was we too when, when Scotty... Uh, 2016 was, was two and zero, oh, and our buddy Kenny from Blunt's Creek was saying it's this is Motown. Then we go over 500 when we went to Old Dominion a couple years ago in uh, that was Houston's. that was the first road win in like what? I was 11, thinking we went to three and two after that win. So that would have been I might uh, be wrong. 2018. Sure. Yeah, I'll look it up. I remember that was that was a good win. That really was. That was a good win at uh, at Old Dominion. That was the first road win in a long time. Uh, that got us to two and two. It looks like Chandler. Okay. So, trying to get uh, that that winning mark this late in the season for the first time, probably since fifteen or when Shane Carr was here in fourteen. Three one seven twelve fifty. Owen is up in Tampa. What's up, Owen? I can't. Be- I can't believe I had to wait behind those calls. That's amazing. Look, <laughs> you cannot almost lose to Charleston Southern. Period. And I apologize to my friend Kale, whose voice I recognize on the radio, who apparently loves Mike Houston. But I'm sorry, buddy. He sucks. You almost lost to Charleston Southern. And if it wasn't for a crappy kicker, we would have lost to Charleston Southern. And that cannot happen. That's Scotty Moe territory. We cannot go there again. I don't know what the hell's going on with this team. They go on Instagram. They're all mugging for the camera after the win. What, what, you think you did something? You didn't do anything. You almost got your ass beat by an FCS team. Not that we're not used to that, apparently, around here. We just accept that. And for people, oh, we're on the come up. What, you can start watching a couple years ago? We're terrible. We are terrible. 
any little goodwill. And, you know, I, I had my little heart all warm and fuzzy after Marshall last week. And I was trying to be a good guy. And then I got to get up today and watch this crap. This is terrible. I, I am in no mood for any of Mike Houston's crap. Telling the fans to shut the hell up like you've actually done something, buddy. Take your ass back to James Madison if you think you're somebody. Because that's all you've ever done. You ain't want a damn thing at the FBS level. I mean, the only good thing that happened today is apparently Steve Logan was there. Thank God for that. And thank God for crappy kickers. Because that's all we had. I am sick of Mike Houston telling fans to shut up when you ain't out there winning any damn games, buddy. And don't even count this as a win. Because we should have rolled that team. You should have shown progress by beating the absolute hell out of those guys. And you almost got ran out of your own house by a quarterback that I wish we had. I am sick and tired of this. And I'd love to say that, oh, I'm, I'm not going to watch anymore, but I'm stupid and I will because I love where I went to school. But this is ridiculous. And we are, I don't even know how you're trying to polish this turd, brother. It's horrible. But the only good thing that happened today was Captain Bill called. I was actually excited for that. That's how <laughs> bad it is. I wanted to hear that moron. <laughs> I mean, this is ridiculous. And I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say anymore, man. It's it, so if you remember, I used to call in like, you know, I like to have fun and joke around with you and make you laugh and stuff. But then Scotty Montgomery sucked all the life right out of me. Yeah. And then I, I tried to kind of get happy again, like, okay, maybe things will eventually turn around. And I, it don't. I know. I know. I mean, this, this is horrible. You, you, have to, you have to demolish teams like that. You know, if we, if we went, let's say we went on the road to Tuscaloosa to play Alabama. Whoa. We played them close. People would go nuts. And they should, because there's no way we should be able to, to stand up to those guys. They would kill us, and that's exactly what they would do. And we should have killed Charleston Southern. We should have won that game by 30-something points. I mean, Mike Houston's dog should have been able to get into that game as a backup. This is ridiculous. I understand when you go up against a good team and maybe you, know, you, it, you, you don't eat one out. That's fine when somebody's just flat-out better than you. But we should have been way better than them. And if we're not, then this is worse than I thought. So, anyway, you guys have a good night, man. Thank you, Owen. Thanks, Owen. And, and something too. definitely has to change between now and next week as as far as being and it will. Be Every of, game it, is it different, is. and it every is. week is different. I just I was, I was disappointed in the discipline on the field. We saw a lot of stuff that shouldn't have happened on the field, a lot of chippiness, a lot of penalties. Uh, what was that, over 100 yards of penalties? Can't have that. And it doesn't matter. Obviously, it doesn't matter who you play. You can't have those penalties. You can't have stuff like that happen. And, you know, that started from the very beginning of the game. You, you One one five-yard penalty cost you four points. Yep. You can't have that. Yeah. You can't do it. On a, on a, a field goal. On a field goal. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't be offsides on a field goal attempt. You just can't do it. Uh, and that started the ball rolling with the penalties. All right, three one seven twelve fifty. We have open lines. We are with you as we are about to hit Sunday morning here on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. We're back with more after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All righty, last call for your calls. It's Sunday morning. Probably ready to get out of here. But we will say if uh, you have something to say, and Preston does. Preston is up next in Greenville on the Fixed NC Live line. Hello, Preston. Good morning, Clip. Good morning, Billy. Good, Good morning. Top of the yes, morning sir, to top, you. Top of the morning. I just wanted to call and say that um, 
the defense is uh, really carrying this team this year. Um, they've had a, a massive turnaround. I'm sure everybody can agree with that. Um, they can't stay on the field all day, all night, like they continue to do, and us be a successful football team. Um, I don't know what they've got going on on the offensive side of the ball. I don't know if they need to open up the offense. Um, I do know they need to get hold of some of their some of their guys. Um, Johnson can't be running down the sidelines giving a peace sign because um, he has definitely not showed up this year. Um, and I guess I'll hang up and uh, see what y'all have to add to that. Yeah, a lot of calls on the discipline. Billy touched on it a minute ago. Uh, just not what you want to see from your football team and. I even talked about the uh, the penalty after you received the onside kick, and yeah, you know you're you're kind of taunting a FCS team. You're up by three in the fourth quarter. I was just kind of hoping we were beyond that as a program. But yeah, and as far not, and as far as the defense, we've seen um, good <laughs> defensive play. I you know now, I, now, I wouldn't say it was a. Go ahead. Uh, he's. You said uh, a lot of people have said they were on the field a lot. Well, especially of the three and outs, and right, I agree with that. Right, but, but the numbers. But that's on the a, UB stat sheet. That's about. That's what I was about to say. Is that the defense has kind of been a roller coaster ride too. We've seen good defensive play. We've seen some bad defensive play. And tonight, from the from the word go. Uh, they were on the field a lot. And, and like I had mentioned earlier, your offense at some point has to help out the defense because those guys are on the field a ton. Now, when they're on the field, they got to make plays, and sometimes that's not happening. So uh, there's it's a little bit of both. We needed uh, our defense to play offense tonight. Jaquan McMillan's interception. Yeah. Uh, well, was the, the only well, only points in that third quarter. Yeah, only points in the, in the second, second half, half yeah. for East Carolina. Yeah. 405 uh, passing yards for Jack Chambers. Hundred and thirty-one rushing. He was, as a team he was impressive for uh, for them. Jack Chambers, fifty-four rushing yards. So somebody, one of the callers, said he wished he was playing for us. Yeah, I mean, I mean he was. A, he's a heck of an athlete. Heck of a QB. Yeah. All right, our Brown and Wood drive of the game is brought to you by Brown and Wood, serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina for over eighty years. Brown and Wood has four brands, three generations, two showrooms, one weaver, and one goal <laughs> that you leave a happy customer every time. No, that's not one goal. That's one of our goals. The other goal is this, to let Weaver sell you a car. Two goals. <laughs> you leave a happy customer that's because right. Billy Weaver because sold you a car. I, that's right. There you go. Get it right. Brown and Wood on Green Boulevard, Green Bull Online, brownandwoodauto.com. We've, we looked over it. And another thing we've noticed and we've pointed out a time or two also that East Carolina doesn't have a lot of drives, like no, long, no. time-consuming, a lot of plays. Because you have to convert on third down to do that, and they're not doing that. That's a good point. They have a lot of big plays, and that's what they had tonight, a 74-yard run by Mitchell, a 60-yarder to Johnson. As far as drives go, I guess we'll go with the five-play, 55-yard drive. Uh, look at the time it took off the clock. A whopping minute and what? ECU's touchdown drives tonight seconds. in that second quarter. 33 seconds, a minute 56, 39 seconds. Yeah, they're not sustaining long. And so that, that, <laughs> but you want to score. So look at this between the three and outs and then scoring within a minute or 30 seconds or all, your defense is on the field the entire game. I don't know if we looked at time of possession uh, for this game, but uh, it was. 31 to 28. That doesn't seem that right. That doesn't seem right either. That's yeah. what it is. It is weird. Uh, but that, our drive of the game, the one that ended on the Mason Garcia uh, touchdown, touchdown run. Yep. 
All right, so there is your Brown and Wood drive of the game. Uh, we final thoughts on this W. Got to get better. It was a lowercase W. It, they, I, <laughs> I like it. I like the way you put that. It's good. Yeah. It's, it, you, you know, the whole thing, like we said, Skip Holt used to say, it's it's an ugly baby, but it's our baby. And, you know, that that's a baby that needs to grow up a little bit before uh, Tulane gets, uh, comes into town. No doubt. I do like the, the point that, you know, you can learn a lot from a win. You can maybe coach them harder after an ugly win like that. Uh, the guys did get the W, but good grief, it was not pretty. They got to clean up the 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 chatting, the chatting after plays, the taunting, the pushing, the shoving. Got to be more disciplined because that is going to cost you against really good teams, against average teams. Uh, you played an FCS opponent tonight. And it didn't cost you as much as it could have, but that will definitely cost the Pirates down the road if they continue uh, that kind of, you know, BS stuff. So Absolutely. The stuff has to be cleaned up. All right. Uh, we are going to wrap it up here on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Make sure you visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's U.S. Sailor locations next to Little Caesars on Charles Boulevard in Greenville in front of Lowe's on Memorial Drive in Greenville next to Walmart on 10th Street in Greenville and the U.S. Sailor store at the Greenville Mall behind the Chick-fil-A. We will be with you next Saturday, 11.30 a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you up to the 3.30 kickoff, East Carolina versus Tulane, and we'll talk to you after the game on the U.S. Sailor 5th Quarter Calling Show. Good stuff, Weave. Thanks, sir. Enjoyed it, man. We'll be back next week. Shirley Chandler, intern Jalen, thanks for being along for the ride. Thanks to Tiebreakers for the awesome post-game food, and thank you folks for tuning in calling in chiming in on facebook live we enjoyed it and uh we do it for you the uh the listeners and the callers so we appreciate it as always we'll see you next saturday on the bud light pregame tailgate and the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show you have been listening to the u.s cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show join us next time for complete postgame coverage of east carolina football exclusively on pirate radio the voice of the pirate nation